0: Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar," where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels
1: and creator of "Fam With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Based Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. I was just telling Teresa that I am currently reading, well, listening to reading um, Marketing Made <laughs> Simple by Donald Miller. We've both been huge fans for a long time. I don't even know how many years ago it was, it was that I read uh, Building a Story Brand. I think it was Jen Lee who recommended that
0: book. And that's where I first learned about Donald Miller and building her story brand. I think,
1: she, I think that's where I found out about it too, but it was several yeah. years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Teresa pulled the the hard copy off the shelf and showed yeah, me the post-it I have, notes. I,
0: well, I have <laughs> Donald Miller's other book, Marketing Made Simple, which is like an, uh, like a, it's a, when did he write Marketing Made Simple? It's, it was
1: after building a story yeah, brand. And that's the one anyway. I'm reading now. Yep. And he ended up sending me an email with like a hundred dollars off his yearly program. So I joined it, but I want to share with I already shared it with Teresa. I want to share with everyone this free tool that he has. If you go to onlinesalesscript.com, he has a formula for how you can basically write copy for any, your website, any social media, like your messaging. And I immediately was like, this is so good for travel advisors because sometimes we have a hard time articulating quickly, you know, like your elevator pitch what it is the problem that we solve. And you know for some people it's I'm going to save you time for some, some people do focus on price. I've seen people just focus on like ungoogleable experiences. There's so many different ways. and if you go sign up for free, I'm sure he's going to send you some marketing emails, but trust me, you want them. Uh, you can create several versions of this sales script. I wrote one, then I walked away. I came back the next day. I tweaked it a little bit. feel really happy with it. But it just breaks it down step by step. What is the problem? And he mm-hmm. really encourages you to focus on one problem to start with. So maybe your client has many problems. Then do a different sales script <laughs> for each problem so that you can then work out how it all works together. But it really is brilliant. So for a free tool, I just thought everyone should know about it.
0: And the actual book itself is... So, so good. I read it during the pandemic because I was just trying to stay on top of um, you know, just business development, but just making mm-hmm. sure that I was doing all I could during the downtime to maximize basically the end of the pandemic. <laughs> once that once yeah. whatever that happened um back in 2020. But that book was seriously. Incredible. And like you said, it's like a formula. So it's almost foolproof, and you can right. make so many different drafts. And I was telling Corinne, I basically wrote the copy for my website for Fan with Intention using the formula for Marketing Made Simple because it really helped me hone in on what the message that I wanted to share was. And I feel like a lot of times we're so, we're pulled in so many different directions. Um, and to be able to sit down and then really think about the problem that you and your services solve, it makes all the difference because then you can tweak it, you can change the yep. wording, you can just you know give it to somebody that you trust me like, what, well, how does this sound to you? Does this make sense to you? like how would how would you change- you know what would make it
1: better for you to really understand this? Yeah, it's a lot of clarity, and I was saying that I've had I, because I read building a story brand years ago, I've had his framework in the back of my mind. It is always in my mind, but having this form that I have to fill out, it just takes it to a whole new level to really break down the simplicity of the formula. So go get a free account at onlinesalescript.com and play around with it. You'll love it. And also it's paper free. So, you know, makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) well before we jump into our discussion this week we want to give a shout out to our podcast network Trav Market Media head on over to TravMarketMedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business
0: first article that we have is from afar and I can feel the breeze that is very refreshing just reading Mm -hmm. this article and I'm hoping that it's True, and we'll continue. Um, the title is Why Travel is About to Get Much Cheaper. I am so ready for this price relief. Um, basically, this article talks about how we're getting into the time of year where school is about to start, and it's our typical shoulder season between summer and the holidays. And they looked at reports from Hopper um, to – to take a look at how airfare is trending for this upcoming fall. And overall, prices are going down. And they do list certain destinations, both domestic and international, where they're seeing this pattern. Um, they also look at hotels, and in general, hotel prices are also going down.
1: Well, let me tell you a quick story uh, my client left Sunday for Budapest. On Wednesday, the first leg of her river cruise was canceled. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. At the first couple of days we spent trying to figure out rescheduling a flight and changing her destination to Milan, it was going to cost her $7,600 to change those tickets. Oh my goodness. So, guess who put together a nine night Croatia FIT in 24 hours? with the guide tells the guide. It was me.
0: <laughs> you are the guide. She's the hero. Oh, that's she's right. on her heroes. She's on her hero's yeah. journey and you're the
1: guide. Yeah.
0: That helps. So I, right.
1: I had to uh, do hotels, tours and transportation. We did split Shibinik and Dubrovnik, which I never would have been able to pull off had we not done that Croatia cruise. There's no way I wouldn't have known exactly where the hotels needed to be. Surprisingly, availability wasn't bad. Prices weren't bad. But man, let me tell you. So I will be happy to see more than anyone these prices (laughs) come down because that just caused such a storm. Hopefully hopefully it worked out for the best, like our little Mm -hmm. stop in Ventimiglia, and she's living it up.
0: Yes, yes. We just have to learn to think on our toes and just Mm -hmm. mentally
1: accept what's going on. Yes, but in this article, they show very specific examples, like in how much lower they are. So, Mm -hmm. like Grenada, Spain is average round trip air airfares of 483, which is down $460. A lot of these are like 30 to 50% lower and even more.
0: Yeah. Um, I recently had um, a Maldives inquiry and Molly um, in Maldives is on the list too with average round-trip airfares at eleven eighty three, dollars down $431 from summer averages. Yeah, that's, that's insane how expensive the flights have been.
1: Yep, and it breaks down some of the different hotel savings too. I like how it gets really specific with numbers, but I don't want to rattle them off. So Mm -hmm. if you guys want to go take a look at the article, but the point is, you know, it's funny because since we are selling and we are commission based, one would think we love these higher prices, but really we don't. I mean, it's keeping people from living their best lives. It's making us frustrated. So um, yes, I like to make a nice commission, but I'm going to be happy to see these prices come down.
0: Um, just to give you guys a list of the U.S. destinations that are experiencing the biggest price drops, according to Hopper, um, San Diego, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Los Angeles. And the international destinations are Granada, Zurich, Prague, Mali, and Bali, according to Hopper.
1: Oh, wonderful but. places.
0: Yeah. All in all, let's keep this trend going so that people won't be so shocked by the quotes we give them.
1: Well, our next article is from Travel Market Report. And I can't wait to talk about number one on this list. And it's the 10 (laughs) unwritten rules of travel. So it just goes over a list of unwritten rules. And the first one is, Wait until it's your turn to deplane. I'll expand on this. Wait until it's your turn to get on the plane. Nothing makes me less a fan of the human race than getting on a plane. Why? (laughs) Why are you standing there in a line and making the people whose zone has been called, not even a line, it's just a huge group, play obstacle course to get through you because it's their turn to get on the plane. I do not understand this. All you're doing is making it take longer for everyone. There is no time savings by you standing up and standing where the line needs to be.
0: That's actually one of the unwritten rules of travel on the list. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I guess I did.
1: I must've missed that one because I was obsessed (laughs) with the wait until it's your turn to deep plane. So funny thing about Mexican airlines, they do not play they will say, you need to stay in your seat until your row is called. And if people stand up, they don't open the door. You have to get back in your seat before they will even crack that door open. (laughs) And then everyone knows, you know? (laughs) So it's interesting and it makes me laugh, um, which I don't know that it has to be that extreme, but man, like, Mm -hmm. come on. I know
0: in certain circumstances, Um, Just based on my recent travels, you know, I always am observing, like, other people just because I'm curious about people's behaviors and stuff like that. And one of the things is, you know, once you land and the seatbelt sign turns off, people just automatically stand up from their seats, which I think is fine. Sometimes you do need to stand up and stretch your legs Some people might be cramping, whatever it is. Like, I don't particularly mind people standing up. They're not, like, trying to barge to the front. But with more people doing carry-on stuff and the overhead bins being full so that you don't always get the space above your seat to put your carry-on, yeah. you have to either travel beh- like to the back a few rows to grab your luggage or to the front. But to the front is fine. But it's more the folks who had to put their bags, the rows behind them that I feel particularly like nervous for like my anxiety is on a high because even though it's not me, I'm just like, how are they going to get from here five rows down to grab their bag? And in that situation, I'm just like how, unless they just wait for everyone to deplane and then go get their bags. Like, how are they going to get their bags?
1: Well, first of all, it makes me, it enrages me when I see someone pop their, their suitcase, you know, at row two and keep walking to the back of the plane. Like, why do you feel entitled to that spot? Those, there's people sitting in that row mm-hmm. um, and that causes part of that problem. But I agree with you. It doesn't bother me if people want to just stand up when, the, mm-hmm. when it's time. But it is nice in these scenarios where some people might have to go backwards if everyone just stays in their seat until their row is called. Yeah. That makes it a lot more organized. And you know what the thing is, too, is Tracy and I, if there's a situation like we know people, the flight's been delayed and other people have connections and we don't, we just stay seated and let everybody go. Um, but we just recently witnessed someone who just did not care about that whatsoever. They were saying, unless you have to show that you have a connection to get off this plane because we were late and this guy just became such a pain in the butt, they let him off the plane. Yeah. That's a cut your loss kind of thing where it's like, okay, I'd
0: rather get them off,
1: but, um, it just doesn't bring out the best in us. Let's just say that. It just <laughs> doesn't bring out the best in humans.
0: <laughs> um, next on the list is don't allow more opportunities for things to go wrong. So plan nonstop flights as much as possible. Um, check in online if you can get to the airport early things that we already know. Um, the
1: next one is your favorite pack light and only use carry on. Actually, now that more people are, I'd prefer they didn't. I'd prefer to be the one <laughs> with plenty of space in the overhead bins. Yeah. Uh, it's actually backfiring. <laughs>
0: the part that gives me the most anxiety is finding space for the carry on. And I feel like that is something that's new for me to be like nervous about. And I think in the past, I was just like, I don't want to have to deal with that. So I'm just going to do check-in. But now that check-in is not always guaranteed because you don't, you're not always guaranteed your bag and your destination. I just, what do you do? What do you do? Just buy new clothes from the destination. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, well, I'm not going to lie that the, a big part of the reason that I will buy upgraded seats is because that gives me so much anxiety. I'm afraid they're going to make me check my bag. And now all, everything I have is in that bag. Um, so there is definitely a, a part, and I've had it happen to me a couple times before where they forced me to gate check. Um, so that is part of the reason that uh, skipping lines and then obviously more space but I like all of those features and that's one of them. Uh, The next one should go without saying, but there's whole websites dedicated to pictures of this. Keep your feet out of sight and out of mind. Don't put your bare feet on display, bring a pair of socks. Now that I said this, I will often take my shoes off and just put my feet on top of my shoes. I don't touch my, and I don't, I hate socks. So I don't touch my feet on anything but I'll just take them out and give them a little breather on top of my shoes. Ooh, maybe I'm gross. Uh, but you know, when you feel a barefoot <laughs> toe hitting the back of your elbow because somebody's getting comfy back there, just don't do it. Oh, here it is. Go straight to your gate, but don't crowd it for the love of all that is holy. And I like, this is actually, there's a Barbara Kahn, Journeys by the Book, says, always go straight to the gate. Do not stop at the restroom restroom or food places. I like to visually see where my gate is, make sure my flight is displayed, and only then do I allow myself to go eat or use the restroom. I feel less stressed. 100%. That's me. I got to yep. lay eyes on that gate. And then once we've laid eyes on it, then there's some freedom oftentimes when people are traveling internationally and they don't travel often,
0: I feel like you can get tricked. You go to the airport. Let's just say you're coming back from Europe to the U S you get to the airport, you go through the first like security line, and then you get to like duty free, a ton of really nice restaurants, a ton of really nice shops, and you spend your time there. And then when it gets almost time for your flight, you start going towards your gate only to realize there's passport control. You still have mm-hmm. to go through. And yep. I only know this because when I was, before I was in the industry traveling, um, you know, as a student or whatever, like that was something that I would encounter um, because I was just like, Oh, I, this looks like the place where I can just go straight to my
1: gate. That's why I want eyes on the gate. Well, it's probably a Virgo thing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> They also mentioned, don't forget to move around. I'm guilty of this because I don't like it when people hover around my seat. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that you need to move and stretch your feet, ankles, and legs as much as you can. And very sadly, this travel advisor's uh, father died, or nearly died from a, thank God, nearly died from a blood clot incurred on a long flight. So she's super, super aware of that. If you want to know something that I think about a lot on long-haul
0: flights is that. Um, hmm. I'm like, am I getting a blood clot? Am I like, should I move around some more? I usually just fall asleep immediately on planes, but I started wearing, um, what, what are they called? Like the really tight compression socks. socks, compression socks. Yeah. Just to kind of help assuage that a little bit. But when people start walking up and down, even though I'm irritated, I'm just like, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, The next is use the airlines app, especially when dealing with cancellations or delays. I cannot stress this enough to have the airlines app on your phone. And I always tell my clients, please do that. You can do so many things on the app, track your bags. It'll tell you this bag number is on the plane. It'll tell you um, once you arrive, you turn on your phone or take it off airplane mode. It'll tell you. You are, your gate is this, your connecting gate is this. And on the United app, it will tell you approximately how many minutes it takes to walk from your gate to your connecting gate, which I love. So then I knew how much time I had to grab a snack.
1: But do you still go put your eyes on the gate first?
0: I want to, but there was this one time I was so hungry. I'm like, I am going to... Like, I don't want any human interaction unless it's ordering my food. I need to eat something right now before I join the public again. So most of the time, yes, I will. Yeah. (laughs) I I need, like, a a protein bar in my bag. Um, So I will go. I will. If most of the time, yes, I need to lay my eyes on the gate.
1: Uh, And then they say be prepared for things to go wrong. Bring a power bank in case you have a long delay and you need things charged. Always bring sanitizer wipes. Always have a change of clothes in your carry-on in case your luggage is lost. I've been currently recommending three changes of clothes. Uh, Air tags and everything traveling with me is what Barbie Guziak of Montecito Village Travel said. And Michelle Fluster of Vacation Dreams by Michelle says, Everyone must purchase travel insurance. Amen. Amen to that.
0: The number nine, respect the people around you. I mean, why does this even need to be said? Do not lean on the seat in front of you on the plane when you stand up. Lean on your own seat. I don't get that. You stand up. You're, like, pulling on the seat in front of you to yeah. get up. I, I mean, I guess some folks need to, but still, for the most part, like, use your own seat. Um, yeah. Never wear perfume. Like, she never wears perfume when she flies. Her seatmates may have allergies or just not like what I'm wearing. It might smell good to you, but yeah. most of the time it doesn't smell good to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Middle seat gets the armrest.
1: Absolutely.
0: This one is a hit or miss, like not hit or miss, but I feel like it's it can go either way. Um, this particular advisor says she never reclines her airline seat. She hates it when someone does it to her, and you can completely take up someone's legroom when you do.
1: I will not recline unless it's a long flight. I would say it's got to be at least three hours. And also, in, even then, it needs to be like, At a time when I should be, you know what I mean? Like early morning, late at night. um, Mm -hmm. I would only do it on basically a long haul flight or something super early morning when everyone's doing it or late at night when everyone's doing it. Do you want to hear
0: something controversial? Sure. I think women think about this more than men do. Oh. Just based on my observations. Because I don't recline my seat. Yeah. (laughs) Even when I'm on a long haul flight, I don't recline my seat because personally I can fall asleep whether my seat's reclined, not reclined, whatever. Like I don't need that for general comfort. Um, But every single flight that I've been on, you barely lift off and you're like still in a slanted angle and every single man's like, boom, back, back, everyone's reclining
1: Well, I know my dad fully believes that if the seat reclines and he paid for that seat, then he's entitled to recline it. You know, it's that really like black or white, Mm -hmm. um, technically I'm allowed. So I'm allowed, you know, kind of, kind of a thing. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, I mean, it is a hot topic when you ever, when you see conversations about it, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't care about it enough to get into a heated conversation. I'm just like, no, do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. When flying on a bus or any other common space with other people around, use your inside voice. The rest of the plane does not need to hear your conversation. Oh. Uh, try to keep the chit chat to a minimum. Nothing more, <laughs> nothing more annoying than two chatty carols could be either male or female talking, usually about nothing, the entire
1: length of the journey. <laughs> it is hard on a plane. You really have to talk loud. So I just, I just shut it. I just watch a movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially when it's like a long haul flight and you guys don't feel like sleeping. Some other people might feel like sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been privy to conversations I'd rather not be because it was about absolutely nothing. Like, yeah, small talk for five hours. How? I don't get
1: it. All right, and the last one is more than anything, pack your patience and be kind. Be nice to the staff and airline crew. I don't know where people think how it's going to help them to not be, but treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Be kind, be courteous. Always arrive at the airport earlier than the airline recommends. Remember that none of this is a life or death situation. Relax and let the cards fall how they may. Always smile and be polite even when things go wrong. Uh, be patient and polite, be prepared for the unexpected, think positive, be outlandishly creative and problem solving. That's where you need me and Teresa. If you
0: have mm-hmm. the right
1: attitude, you will reach <laughs> the right altitude. Thank oh, you, Norman. For Norman. <laughs> Norman. I love
0: that. <laughs> in Milan, they, when we were in line to check in and give them our bags they had an actual, like, you know how they have televisions with, like, information on there? There was one slide about being kind, and then it had bullet points of, like, being kind can get you further, don't forget to smile. It just brings me back to, um, I don't know if you, I don't remember when it was, but one of the episodes where I mentioned that whenever I do with customer service-related things, like trying to solve a problem, I think oftentimes we go into it with the mentality of we are going to meet resistance we're not going to get the solution that we want but there has been a shift in what I've been trying to do is like every time I need a customer service thing or something to be resolved I'm thinking to myself they want to help me with my problem like they want to resolve it as well they want me to be happy so as long as I present it in a way that's not confrontational um that doesn't blame them because that individual had nothing to do with whatever decision I'm more likely to get the outcome that I want. And most recently, which was, I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday, um, United had sent a notification that my client's flight had been changed. They had canceled their original flight and rebooked them on another flight. But this new flight, the economy section was pretty full. And so they had separated them. And this is like a young couple. So they're in middle seats separated from each other. And they're just so nervous about that. And so I looked in the seat map and I saw there were plenty of economy plus seats available, but they were between like 85 and like a hundred some dollars to upgrade. And so I just went on Twitter, good old Twitter, and I tweeted United with the issue. And I said, um, can you waive the fee to upgrade to economy plus? So that we can sit together because this was a change that was out of our control and i gave them all the information and they did they they asked what seats would you like and we i was able to move my clients to economy plus for no extra dollars and i looked like a rock star but all i did was ask nicely and just told them the solution that i was looking for and didn't get mean about it
1: yeah I think um, the way you go into it really has a lot to do with the result. My old boss, I would always cringe when I would hear, as soon as he'd get someone on the phone, he'd be barking orders. And I'm like, oh. So I always say hello and say who I am and ask how they are. I always do whatever I can to get them on my side. One of those things is if it was my fault, I say it was my fault and ask for help. Mm -hmm. For some reason that really gets people like they're not defensive now and they're like, oh, well, let's see what we can do for you. I'll say things like, you know, how are you? And they say, good, how are you? I'm like, well, I'm in a little bit of a pickle. You know, I'll try, I just really try to make it super (laughs) friendly I want to get them on my side right out of the gate. At the end of the day, I will fight for my clients like a lion. So if the if the mm-hmm. conversation turns and it actually is their fault and they're being res- disrespectful or we're not getting to a resolution, I will change my attitude and get firm. But mm-hmm. I always start sweet as sugar until we get to a point where I'm like, oh, my. now, if it's my fault, I'm not going to try to right, bully anybody right. into, but you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. occasionally you get a company that doesn't want to take accountability for a mistake. And sometimes you have to get a little bit more strongly worded. Assertive. But, assertive. I, assertive. Exactly. But I just don't know what people are thinking when they go into the conversation with a defensive attitude. Rudeness. Like where, where mm-hmm. do you think that you you want this person to help you? Why why right. are you thinking being right. rude to get it done? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Our last article is from Travel Age West, and it's by Ken Shapiro, and it talks about how travel advisors are reporting increased business from new-to-agent clients. I know I've experienced that. I think you've talked Definitely. about also experience that people coming to advisors for the very first time, they've always put their trips on their own before, but this
1: time around, they want to work with a professional. Yep. There was a survey of nearly 150 advisors and 71% say they have seen an increase in new customers and 74% report having new clients who have not used a travel advisor before. A major a majority of respondents 54% say this is more than they expected based on previous years. I expected it.
0: Yeah, I whenever I get an inquiry and I get on a discovery call with someone who has mentioned that they've traveled internationally in the past. One of my questions to them is, um, well, have you worked with a travel advisor in the past? And most of the time they'll say, no, um, this is my first time. I'll say like, what prompted you or motivated you to want to work with a travel advisor this time for your trip? And then I get the answer and I, I know what it is they're concerned about. I know what their problems are. So using the Don Miller formula, I can tell them, this is how I can help you solve your problem. And so that's something that we definitely will talk about during the discovery call. But most of the time, it's because they're just um, really stressed and they don't have the time to look up all these different things on their own, plus the additional COVID-related restrictions, or they hear about flight cancellations, or they hear about all these things that can go wrong, and they just don't want to deal with it. That's been the
1: most common reason for me. Some more statistics. Uh, In addition, advisors report that business overall is making a solid rebound from the COVID-19 pandemic. 38% have more total clients than before the pandemic, and 48% say this year's revenue will exceed 2019s. And this is despite the fact that 56% of advisors say they're not doing any more marketing than in previous years and only 12% have increased their marketing efforts.
0: It says the growth in new business is especially important to advisors. Half of respondents say new business accounts for up to 25% of their total revenue, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. All these new clients and people reaching out for the first time. And I can just remember pre covid All those years where a lot of folks were like, oh, all these things are stacked against us. You have, you know, this company that's making it easier for them to book on their own. Um, These companies are cutting out the travel advisor, but
1: we're seeing that people still want the connection of working with a human. So, and I just hope that all of these people are nailing the client experience so that the person sees clearly why booking with you is different than booking online. And so that, you know, once you go travel, agent, you never go back. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes. So Can the top you reason- handle all of this for me?
1: <laughs> yeah, you do it. Uh, the top reasons cited for going to an advisor for the first time were concerns about travel cancellations and complications, followed by mm-hmm. concerns about COVID-19 rules and regulations. And as in previous surveys, word of mouth referrals is seen as the most impactful method for bringing new business to an agency. I say this all the time. Ready for some excess baggage? Uh, I'm ready. Okay. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Age West, American Cruise Lines is launching a unique new West Coast itinerary for travel advisors to sell, an eight-day San Francisco Bay exploration aboard American Jazz starting in 2023. It marks the brand's first California sailing with calls in San Francisco, Napa Valley, Vallejo, Stockton, Sacramento, plus cruises in the Namesake Bay, as well as San Pablo Bay, the Napa River, and the San Joaquin River. Travel Pulse reports that airfares were down again last month and are likely to continue following through autumn. Another one from them says that travel professional errors and omissions insurance from 360 Coverage Pros, a leading professional liability program for travel agents, uh, agencies, and tour operators, announced premium reductions for travel professionals enrolling in their best in class ENO insurance program, just in case you need it. Travel Weekly reports that Royal Caribbean International and Celebrity Cruises eased vaccination requirements on sailings from certain destinations starting September 5th. There are a lot of these announcements, so I have also linked an article from Travel Pulse called Updated Vaccine and Testing Requirements for All Major Cruise Lines. You may want to bookmark that. An article from Travel Agent Central says that the Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis has scrapped all COVID-19 related entry testing and vaccination protocols, the destination is open to both vaccinated and unvaccinated travelers, including including citizens, residents, and international tourists. They also report that France has rescinded all of its COVID-19 related travel restrictions and testing requirements for any travelers entering the country, as well as its territories. According to Travel Market Report, London Heathrow's airport has extended the passenger cap through October, AFAR reports that seriously low water levels are disrupting European river cruises, don't I know it? And our high note today is also from AFAR, the U.S. Department of State recently unveiled a pilot program that will allow Americans to renew their passports online without having to mail in their old passport or any supporting documents. And that's it for excess baggage. Just a
0: reminder that all the articles we referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it.
1: If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes.
0: Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello? Please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com.
1: We'll see you next time I want to add... Oh, oh, sorry. I wanted to add that we got so many comments about last week's episode, people who did not like me understand how Azamara positions its product so uh, I'm, I was glad to hear that we got some clarity on that for myself yes. and all of you yes
0: So once see again you next see week. you all
1: next week Goodbye
0: no can do it do it
1: do it do it no one can do it like we do it like we do it like we do it.